Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome, and welcome to all of you who are connecting with us online. We like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, thank you uh, for gifted artists who uh, share with us the gifts you've given them and who put to music uh, the cries of our hearts, God, and those things that we need to say to you. We need to find a way to say to you, and they help us to say it. Uh, so today, God, we do. We, we choose you today. Uh, we choose to continue to trust you uh, right here, right now, to worship you, to, to trust that you are on the throne, uh, that you are guiding us through all of this. All the mess that is going on around us, all the, all the mess that, that impacts us and that's going on in our own lives, God, today in the middle of it all, we are choosing to trust you and to praise you. And I give you thanks for your goodness, your, your grace, uh, for your strength, for your protection, for the ways that you are carrying us through what we are going through, God. God, you know that for each of us there are, there are different uh, turmoils, different things that are, um, different storms raging in our hearts. And God, in the middle of it, uh, we are looking to you. We are trusting you. That, that you will be our, our peace, that you will be our joy, that you will be the one who can, who can steer us safely to the shore, who can get us where you want us to go. God, help us to continue to trust you today. For those of us that are, are just feeling frustrated and, and beat up by our own failures, by our own sins, God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would help us to see that you are looking at us today with, with grace, with compassion. You don't want us to keep our distance from you because of our failures, but you want us to come to you and experience your grace and forgiveness and to know that we are loved by the God who made us. I mean, that's why you sent your son Jesus for us was to conquer sin and death. So those things don't have to be a barrier between us anymore. So our sins don't need to cause us to run and hide from you, but instead we can run to you and, and experience your grace and your love. Today, God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to know ourselves as loved by you? Those of us who are uh, carrying all kinds of anxiety, worry, fear, just apprehension about the way things are, the things that we're facing this coming week, uh, God, you know the school is starting uh, here locally, and, and we've got all kinds of teachers and parents and kids who, who feel all sorts of, uh, well, it's just uncertainty, God. We're not sure how this is going to go. So God, today I, I lift up to you all those teachers and administrators. I lift up to you all those parents, all those students, all those family members, all those neighbors. God, all of us, we're concerned. We don't know how this is going to go, God. We, we're going we're gonna to give it our best, and we're trusting you. So would you help us this week to experience some of your peace? Give us wisdom, God, that we'll make wise choices when it comes to things like masks and distance and caution, all those things that we have to do. God, in the midst of all of that, uh, help us not to live lives paralyzed by fear, but help us to live lives with this confidence in you, with your presence with us. Confident in your love for us. God, please grant us your peace in the midst of these storms. Thank you, God. Thank you for being faithful. That as we reach out to you, we have every confidence that you hear our prayers and that you do, in fact, love us. You have shown us this love in Jesus Christ. That's why we come to you like, like children coming to their father. 
because that's how Jesus taught us to see you. That's the love you've revealed to us in him. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, it is my prayer that we will experience God's peace today, even in the midst of all the stuff that's going on all around us. Uh, I did have just a couple quick announcements. Uh, I did want to remind everybody that uh, to fill out one of those little connect cards, or the digital connect card that you can, uh, you can't click on the video, but you can click on a link somewhere. You can, you can write livinghope.info slash connect card in there somewhere and, and fill that out. Let us know that you're with us. Let us know uh, how we can pray for you or if you have feedback. Uh, maybe you are wanting to say like, hey, we love Ren Collective. Bring them back sometime. Uh, or maybe you're saying, please don't ever make us watch a video of someone else again. We, we only want to see our people. Uh, whatever it is, uh, if you've got feedback or you've got a comment or you've got something that we could be doing for you, a way that we could help you, uh, please let us know. Fill that out. And, uh, and of course, if you want to give to help others, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, those of you who are present, obviously, you can drop that in the box. Uh, or many of you online, you continue to give faithfully by going to that livinghope.info slash give and, uh, and clicking and doing all that stuff or texting it or all those different ways that you can give uh, online. It's good. It all works. It all gets to us eventually. And then we are able to then continue to serve the community and continue to send money around the world. Uh, we have Nazarene neighbors in, uh, in Beirut right now. I mean, this last week, you can take that off of there if you want to. Um, you know, this last week we saw images of that massive explosion that took place in, in Beirut, Lebanon, and I just saw the email yesterday that there were Nazarene churches and Nazarene schools, education institutions that were damaged by that blast, and, and uh, so we have neighbors all around the world as part of our connection in the Church of the Nazarene, and of course just as Christians more broadly, uh, you know, we have connections all over the world, and you know we partner with groups like World Vision and, and other groups to, to help get resources to where they need to be, and so as you give, a portion of those gifts that you give each week goes to you know, our global connections, to helping people around the world serve their neighbors, especially in times of crisis. And, um, and I'm sure that if you want to give specifically to the Beirut situation or to other situations going on around the world, um, there are ways to do that. If you want those specific links, uh, I can get them to you. I'm guessing that uh, Nazarene Compassionate Ministries probably already has a way to give to that. That's ncm.org. Sorry, this just popped in my head just now, so I don't have anything on the screen uh, for you to, to, to see. But if you go to ncm, stands for Nazarene Compassionate Ministries.org, I'm guessing that they probably already have a way for you to give uh, to help the people impacted by that. So today, I wanted to um, ask a question. Um, what if 2020 could be your year. I, I know that sounds strange to me because I think most of us are like, 2020, you kidding me? This is nobody's year. You know, I mean, this is like, forget this. This is not going to be my year. Uh, I, how many of you had plans for 2020 going into 2020? You're like, oh yeah, this is going to be good, right? I mean, it's got that ring to it. 2020, it's like kind of like the year 2000, you know, or something like 2020, here I go. I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to do some good things. I, I had a whole weight loss plan and everything, you know. Uh, we had family gatherings planned for this, this summer that uh, we didn't get to go to. This, this year, our church turns 20. This September will be our church's 20th birthday. We had a big blowout kind of thing planned, and now we're not going to do that. We'll probably do something. Maybe we'll do some kind of tailgate party or something, you know, where you can, you know, socially distant eat a hot dog together. I don't know. We'll do something. But, uh, you know, but we can't have the big blow. You know, we had all kinds of plans for 2020 that we just aren't able to do. And uh, so some of us, I know when it, this all first happened, I kind of thought, oh, okay, we're just kind of pushing the pause button for a few weeks, you know, we'll all, we'll all be back together again by May, you know, <laughs> or something. And uh, that's not how things have turned out at all. You know, I mean, a handful of us feel comfortable to gather in the room. There are some churches, they, they're already just planned, like, you know what, nope, we're not going to meet in person until 2021. You know, they just know all our services will be online for the rest of the year. Um, 
And most of our folks are still watching online and engaging online, and we're glad for that. Uh, we're glad that the technology lets us do that kind of a thing. Um, but, uh, but some of us, I feel like maybe we push pause on all those plans, all those hopes, all those dreams, and we're just kind of hunkered down, just kind of like, I'm, I'm just hoping to get through 2020. I'm just going to try to survive it, and if I can just make it through, then, then I'll be happy. And uh, to me, that kind of reminds me of those disciples. Last week, when Pastor Katie was here and sharing the story from Matthew chapter 14 about the disciples in the boat uh, in the middle of the storm and how they were afraid, and, you know, and Jesus comes walking to them out on the water— if we stay just kind of cowering in fear or whatever, if we, if we just keep all those things on pause, it feels like to me like maybe we're just like those disciples just kind of cowered in the boat. And like Jesus wants to do some amazing stuff. You know, like he wants to call us out to walk on the water or something. Uh, he wants to do some, some amazing things in our lives and we're not even looking for it. So today, that's what I want to ask. I want to encourage you to ask, what are some things that God might want to do in your life and through you in the world this year, not next year, not on the other side of an election or on the other side of a vaccine or the other side of... Now, here and now. There was a little line in one of those songs we just sang about how he's building this altar like right here and now. And I thought, yes, right here and now. This is where we live. We don't live in 2021 yet. We live right here. So right here and now, what is it that God might be inviting us into that we might miss if we don't keep our eyes open, if we don't look for that? Uh, so if you missed it last week, you can watch the video online or you can catch it on the podcast. Pastor Katie's message had great feedback. We're so grateful uh, for the impact she's been able to have in our church's life during her time with us. Sad uh, if you missed the news, she's going to be leaving at the end of this month. So she's just got a few more weeks, a couple more weeks uh, with our students uh, as a youth pastor before she and her husband are moving on to some nomadic church adventures. But I'm so glad that she was able to be with us for the time that she was. And um, you know, last week, talking about how if we trust Jesus even when we don't see him, that, he, that that brings real peace, that, that we can trust him in the midst of the storm. So I just want to kind of build on that and, uh, and look at that part of the story with uh, the calling out of the water part, you know? Um, so this is Matthew chapter 14, um, and it's right after Jesus had miraculously fed 5,000 people with just a little bit, you know, and, and he had sent his disciples on across the lake while he was waiting back to pray. And it said that they had all night been trying to get across this lake, but there was a storm and the waves were against them. And finally, right before dawn, Jesus walks out to him across the water. And it says, uh, I think we've got, yeah, when the disciples saw him uh, walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a storm right now, right? Uh, I mean, we're in the middle of like several storms. It's like that old movie, The Perfect Storm. You know, it's like this storm and that storm and this other storm. They're all kind of converging on us. And we're in the middle of a storm. Uh, and I think Jesus wants us to come through this storm kind of like the disciples did. On the other side of this, you know, they came through this all worshipping him, saying, Truly, you're the Son of God. They came through this knowing Jesus in a, in a way they hadn't known him before, knowing him better than they'd known him before. And I think God wants us to come out of this storm the same way. You know, coming out on the other side of this, knowing Jesus in a way we haven't known him previously. You know, we've been trusting him, but now we're having to trust him for different things. Now we're having to trust him in new ways. 
Now we're having to watch for what he might be inviting us into, things that we weren't anticipating. And, you know, it's a little like if somebody says, uh, you know, if you need anything, give me a call. And you think, okay, sure, I I trust him, I I believe, you know. But then you actually need him and you call him, right? And then that's when the rubber meets the road. Like, do they actually come through or not, right? And this might be one of those moments for us where now we're having to trust Jesus in ways that we've, we've theoretically trusted him, but now we're having to, like, honest to goodness, trust him. And on the other side of that, I think we know him better and we realize we can trust him in ways that we've, we never have before. And I, I think, again, that God might want us to experience some amazing things that we might not have otherwise, like Peter did. As far as I know, Peter and Jesus are the only two human beings to have ever walked on water, as far as I know. Uh, I don't think there's stories of anybody else having actually done it. You know, the magicians like fake the thing and whatever. Uh, but I think they're the only ones that did it. Peter got to do this amazing thing that he had never done before. And, and sometimes, yes, we can focus on his failure and how he, he looked at the waves and he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to sink and Jesus had to rescue him. But uh, I'd rather look at what he got to experience and how, just how amazing that was. I mean, coming out of this, I'm guessing for the rest of his life, Peter carried with him that memory of that, of standing out there on these, and it's not like it's a calm, you know, glassy lake, you know, like in the morning. That's, that family reunion that we didn't get to go to is out in Lake of the Ozarks, and some of our cousins always bring their jet skis, and, uh, and so we get to go out on jet skis in, in the mornings before the wind has picked up and before there's a bunch of people out there. A lot of times the lake is just kind of glassy, and you're out there, and it's just like, man, this is so smooth, I can go crazy fast, and, and can't even tell because it's just so smooth. But it's a little more fun later in the day, you know, when there's some waves that jump over and there's some boats going by, you can jump the wake and all that. And I almost picture that, like, this was not just a calm lake. You know, there was a storm. That was, the waves were pushing the disciples' boat back. All night they've been trying to get to the other side and they hadn't been able to because of the waves. And so Peter's not standing on, like, a level, you know, thing. It's, it's crazy. And he's walking on it. And I kind of picture, like, even, Jesus, even as he starts to sink and Jesus gets him and says, you know, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? We could see that as, like, uh, Jesus, like, putting Peter down in some way. But I, I, like, the voice I hear Jesus saying this in for some reason is like, um, it's like oh, man, dude, this was going to be so epic and you missed it. Oh, why did you doubt? Why, did you, why didn't you keep, you, you, you know, I, I, you could have trusted me. We were going to ride up that wave, you know. You see this wave coming? We were going to cruise right over that thing. And, ah, oh, you bailed. Why did you, oh, man. And like he's disappointed for Peter, you know, that you were going to experience, you got to walk on water. This is amazing. But man, you could have ridden up that. And this was going to be so amazing. And ah, what, what might we be missing out on if we, if we take our eyes off Jesus? If we just stay focused on the problems and on what we can't do and we're not listening for what he might be inviting us to do. If we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, stay focused on him, keep listening for his voice. So for me, I've gotten just like two things today that I think if we'll do these two things, then we'll have a chance of coming out of this, having experienced some amazing things with God. And the first is just to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, all right? So keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep listening for his voice. Keep looking for those opportunities he might be putting in front of you. Uh, Stay focused on him. Trust him. Respond when he calls. Now just... Hearing that, keep our eyes on Jesus, makes me think of Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, The author of this letter that we have in our Bibles has just spent chapter 11 listing people in the Old Testament who trusted God and uh, some experienced amazing miracles, others not so much, uh, but they all kept trusting God and what he was calling them to. And then the author shifts to using this imagery of running a race. And, And he says in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith.
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Some of you have grown weary. Some of you are on the verge of losing heart and wanting to just give up. I mean, some of you, you haven't even gotten to the weary part. You're just like, boy, I don't even want to get weary. I don't even want to try. You know, like this, I'm just going to wait until this is over because trying to do something for God or trying to listen for God in the middle of this, uh, that just makes me tired just thinking about it. So I'm just, you know, I'm just going to wait. I'm not even going to get out there. He said, no, look, look, if we'll look at Jesus and we'll keep our eyes on Jesus and what he was able to do for us because of the joy that he knew was ahead, then we can run. We'll have the energy we need to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we run this race with perseverance, one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. And to me, that's the second thing. So we keep our eyes on Jesus. This is real easy. This is pretty simple. Keep our eyes on Jesus, keep focused on him, and then we just do it one step at a time. You know, you can't run a race. You can't skip to the end of the race, all right? Uh, we just, I just saw... Um, uh, Courtney Trevino uh, just ran, was it a half marathon, I think? And uh, that's 13.1 miles. Um, you know, Amanda here ran the Chicago Marathon with us with Team World Vision, and, and, uh, and Stacy and, and I did that too, and, and others have done that. Um, so, yeah, I see Katie back there shaking her head. No, 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 not, not me. But anyway, so from experience, I can tell you it's not always easy to run that race, you know, it, even if it's a 5K, you know, like 3.1 miles. That's a lot. You can't skip to the end, right? You, you've got to go through the course. You've got to run the whole race to get to the finish line to, to get to the end. And um, you can only do that one step at a time. Um, and so sometimes uh, I think we, we get this idea like, okay, God wants to do something amazing, but I don't know what amazing thing he wants me to do. You know, he's not calling me out on the water or do this big, okay, what's he calling you to do now? What's he calling you to do today? What's the next step that he needs you to take? Just do that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Make sure you're going in the direction he's calling you and just take that next step. Each and every day, we take one more step and eventually we get there. Now, it's the race marked out for us. That phrase has has been kind of burned into my head this week. I didn't get to mark out the race, right? I didn't get to choose what 2020 is going to look like, uh, what this coming week with the school opening is going to look like. You know, I mean... That race has been marked out for me, and I'm going to do my best to run the race marked out for me. One step at a time, keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the one who's shown us what it means to be faithful, what it means to have faith. So I, I'm going to run that race through all the twists and turns, the hills, the valleys, the obstacles, the pains, the griefs, the fears. It might not be the race that I would have chosen, but I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. One step at a time, keep following him, because there's joy ahead. All right. Uh, I'll just be honest here. I, I've got songs running through my head that have nothing to do with scripture or Ren Collective or anything else. Uh, Stacy and I finally watched Frozen 2 on, uh, on the, other, the other week. And uh, there's like two different songs from that, that that like connect right with this stuff. You know, there's this Into the Unknown song with like going into, and I, like that song is like merged in my head with Peter walking on the water. Like, you know, I don't know where this has taken me. I don't know where I'm headed, but I know, you know, like, here we are, Peter, Jesus, us. Like, okay, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, even though I don't know what this is going to mean exactly. I'm going to follow you into this unknown future. And, uh, and then later on in the movie, her sister is singing the song about uh, doing the next right thing or something. I don't know. Okay. Amanda could probably get up here and sing it for us. But, um, but this idea, again, it's like it's just one step at a time. We just do that next, whatever that next right thing is, whatever that next step is. We, we might not be able to do all of it today, but we can do 
the next part of it. We can just take, what's that next step that's required of me? What's that, what's that opportunity that Jesus has put in front of me today, right here where I live? See, that's not, to me, that's not so overwhelming. If I think, oh man, I gotta walk on water, oh man, that's like, that's, whew, that's impossible. But if I think, wait, I just gotta do something today, I gotta take one step? I can take one step. And then tomorrow Jesus is gonna show me what the next step is, and the next day he'll show me what the next step is. All right? A little bit like what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Okay, I'll just focus on today. Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Uh, I'm learning the clock. Okay, I've got enough time. I've got one other passage of scripture I want to look at uh, that this all brings to mind. And, and there's all kinds of echoes for me. Just like, it's like these, uh, the messages just kind of, kind of build on each other in my head. Uh, so, you know, I took three, four weeks to go through the Sermon on the Mount uh, with you uh, this last month. And, uh, and so I've got bits of that going through my head about how Jesus, um, well, here, let me just go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and 6 is where I want to take us. And... Um, it's where some of the rubber meets the road for this stuff. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, uses this running metaphor uh, that we were just looking at from Hebrews. Uh, he says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Uh, for the whole letter to the Galatians, he's been uh, frustrated with them because they were following Jesus, trusting in him. And then some people came in and said, oh, if you really want to follow Jesus, well, you've got to basically convert to Judaism. You know, guys, you've got to get circumcised. You've got to eat kosher. Uh, you've got to follow all the laws that Moses gave us because, you know, Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And so we're following him. And uh, so we've got to all become good Jews and, and, uh, and follow all those laws. And and Paul's saying, wait, 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 that's not how this goes. That's not how you started this race. Why, why you started this race? By trusting Jesus. Jesus is the one who has, has fulfilled the law. He has perfectly fulfilled all that the law expected of a human being. And now he's invited us into this new relationship with God that's not based on following these external rules, which again reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus saying your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. You know, they knew all the laws and externally they followed them all, but there was no inner transformation taking place. And, and Jesus, that's why he, in the Sermon on the Mount, calls us to interchange. Says, no, this isn't about just, just not crossing those external barriers. Your heart has to be changed by God. You have to allow him to change you. Because then you become this good tree and it produces good, good fruit. I kind of wonder if Paul was thinking about the Sermon on the Mount when he wrote to these Galatians. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so Paul says to these Christians here in Galatia, uh, in verse 13 of chapter 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. The spirit was contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So he contrasts these two things, the flesh on the one hand and the spirit on the other. And the flesh is kind of that selfish impulse, that do what I want to do, go with the flow, take the easy road, just you know, do whatever pleases me. And he says, you can't keep following that. He says, because the spirit is calling us to, in a different direction. The spirit's calling us to live lives that look like Jesus. I mean, the Holy Spirit is the, the life of God, is God himself, that in a human life looks like Jesus. And he's calling us, the Spirit is leading us into a different kind of life, a life that, of, of selfless love, a life of sacrifice, a life that doesn't necessarily do what I want to do, but says to God, okay, not my will, but yours be done. That says, okay, if you're calling me to walk on water, okay, I can't do that, but, but you're going to make that possible. You're going to make this 
you're going to help me do something I never could have done on my own. The, the flesh, the selfish impulse, wants one thing, leads in one direction, and the spirit, the impulse of the spirit, leads in a different direction. So which impulses will we follow? In our day-to-day, he, again, he says, walk by the spirit, one step at a time. Which direction am I going to go? Uh, in verse 19, he continues, the acts of the flesh are obvious, and he lists a bunch of them, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, just real quick, there's a tendency that we see those things, and because he starts with like sex stuff and ends with like orgies and stuff, that for us to just kind of say, oh, hey, yeah, no, I'm not doing any of that stuff. And we miss that right in the middle of that is stuff about discord, jealousy, giving in to fits of rage, selfish ambition, factions, dissensions. I mean, there's the kind of stuff that we see played out in social media all the time right now, especially in an election year where things are heated and you know, like we're unfriending people left and right. I just had to snooze some folks on Facebook for 30 days you know, last night, all right? People that I thought, okay, I just cannot respond in a way that is going to please them. I, I try to be calm and peaceful and loving, and they just won't. Okay, well, I just I better not see those posts. I can't. I'm going to keep responding, and that's not healthy. All right? Things are contentious. And when we give in to that, it says that's like, that's the giving into this, the flesh. That's not following the Spirit. Instead, he says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Again, it's like one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, following where the Spirit leads. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So we have these two paths and these two things that result. Uh, In fact, in the next chapter, uh, I'll just read these quickly. It says uh, in verse 7 of chapter 6, Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What I put in is what I'm going to get out. (laughs) That's what he's saying, right? Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's not become weary in doing good, for the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So we have a chance to put in to this coming week, into the rest of 2020, into the months ahead of us. We have a chance to to put good things in and to see good things come out, right? We can plant seeds to that uh, little actions, little daily decisions of just doing things the way I want to do them, just doing what comes easy for me, just doing what, what I'm comfortable with, or we can plant seeds of following the Holy Spirit when we hear his voice calling us out into some adventure, that, into the, some unknown, out to do something that we never thought we could do, something that scares us a little bit, uh, like walking on the water must have terrified Peter. When we hear those invitations when we have opportunities to love a person in front of us, if we will say yes to the Holy Spirit, if we will plant those kinds of seeds, then you know, there's good fruit that comes from that. We find ourselves coming out of this as more loving people, more joyful people, people experiencing more peace, people who are willing to, to be patient with people, 
who can be kind to people, who can be truly good, who can be faithful and gentle and exercise some self-control. I mean, this is the fruit that the Holy Spirit grows in us as we keep in step with the Spirit. So again, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We trust him. We listen to him. And then we just put one foot in front of the other, one step at a time. We walk the way he wants us to walk. We keep in step with the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. Each and every day, we have opportunities to decide, what, what am I putting into today? <laughs> what am I responding to today? What direction am I headed? Every day we face that decision. And I believe, I truly believe that we can get to the end of 2020 and be celebrating the, the, the new year. I just saw somebody on Facebook uh, the other day saying, I plan on staying up to ring in the new year for 2021. Not because not I'm excited about next year. I just want to make sure this year actually ends. You know, like I just want to make sure 2020 actually, actually ends and, and we get to move on. You know, when we get to that moment, you could... You could, this could just be a lost year. If you decide, you know what, I'm just going to hunker back in the boat. I'm not going to let God grow me in any significant ways. I'm just going to stay back. It could just be a lost year for you. You could enter 2021 no different than you entered 2020. But we have an opportunity, I believe, each and every day. The Holy Spirit is calling to us saying, no, 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 let, let's grow. Let's, let's see some of this fruit develop in your life. Let's love that person. Let's reach out to that person. I want to do some amazing things. I want you to be different when this year ends than you were when this year began. Let's bow our heads and let's ask God to help us to, to live in that direction. God, we need you to help us to trust you for this. Um, this is not some like motivational speech trying to get us to, to do new things or to do different things. Uh, that'd be pretty terrible if it was. Um, but God, this is just an invitation for us to trust you each and every day to listen for your voice. God, I believe you're speaking. Would you help us to, to listen for you? Would you help us, Jesus, to, to keep our focus on you? Whatever we need to do each day to keep our attention on you, to listen for your voice, for your invitation. God, I pray that you would help us during this time, during this season, to develop some, some healthy habits, some healthy rhythms of, of prayer, of Bible reading, of, of worship, of whatever we need to do, of taking walks in the morning before people are up or something, doing something so that we have a, a chance to connect with you and to tune into your voice each day. Because each day, God, you're giving us opportunities to, to plant some little seeds to, to either take steps following our own selfish desires or to, to take steps following your Holy Spirit. God, I want each of us to be able to get to the end of this year saying, yeah, you have, you have grown some good fruit in me, God. I have, I have seen myself become a, a kinder person. I have seen myself be able to approach people with a gentleness that I, I haven't had before. I have seen myself willing to be patient with people who disagree with me, uh, to exhibit a patience that I, I, <laughs> I didn't have six months ago. Please, God, would you help us? I don't want any of us to miss out on the adventure that you have for us. 
I don't want any of us to miss out on being used by you. As you transform our lives, God, we, we transform our relationships. The ways we relate to other people changes. Our society changes because you are changing us. Help us, God, not to miss out on that. Help us to experience the joy of partnering with you and the work you're doing in the world. Thank you, God, for inviting ordinary, messed up people like us to be a part of your amazing work. Thank you that instead of just uh, pushing us aside or writing us off or condemning us to, to hell or something, that you, you instead sent your son Jesus to come and to rescue us, to enter into our broken humanity and to bring your, your healing, to enter into our death, to bring your life, to show us what it means to trust you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the gift of love you've given us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the victory that he won over sin, death, and the devil by his death and resurrection. Help us. Help us today by trusting you, by following Jesus, to, to share in that victory, to share in that same hope, to have that same confidence in you that Jesus displayed as he walked this earth. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to celebrate that with this sacrament of communion today. Uh, as we are going to take bread and juice, God, we, we offer these simple gifts to you, praying that by your Holy Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. Likewise, God, we offer you ourselves as flawed as we are, trusting that by your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, we might be transformed. That our lives can be changed from the inside out. That we can be a people of love, of joy, of peace, and all the rest. That we can display the life of Christ to the people around us. Thank you, God, for being gracious to us so we can be gracious to others. Thank you for being good to us so we can be good to others. Thank you for loving us so that we can love others. We pray all this confident in your love that you've shown us in Jesus. Pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We're going to celebrate communion together. Uh, we don't have a song to go with it today. Uh, Ren Collective insisted on singing all four together at the beginning. So, uh, But uh, I do invite you at this time to, to grab one of those, if you're here with us, to grab the little uh, packet that's got bread and juice inside. If you're worshiping from home and you'd like to celebrate communion with us, I hope that you've gathered some elements there as well. And uh, as we have just been praying together, we do believe that Jesus meets us here at his table. Um, so if you, can, uh, if you can manage to get to the bread, uh, I just want to remind you that on the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed, before he gave his life for us all, he gathered with the disciples, he celebrated that Passover, and he reimagined it. Uh, instead of just commemorating what God had done generations earlier uh, to rescue his people from slavery in Egypt, now Jesus said, this is 
talking about what, what he was doing, what God was doing to rescue us from sin in the here and in the now. He took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, eat this. This is my body broken for you. Let's take and eat the bread. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. When he'd given thanks, he gave it to his disciples. He said, drink this. This is my blood of the new covenant, this new agreement between God and humanity. It's poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink this, so do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Lord Jesus, we do remember the price that you paid to set us free. So help us to live free, to live as your children, to keep our eyes focused on you, to follow you each and every day, one step at a time, into the glorious adventure that you have for us in the rest of this year. Again, God, we especially pray that this week you will help us to trust you. And, uh, and again, we lift up to you all those involved with school openings uh, that are going on. God, we pray that you will uh, protect people's health, that you'll give us all wisdom, um, especially those who are having to make decisions about schools being open or closed and all the rest. Um, God, we are trusting you that you are going to lead us through. Thank you, God. Thank you for the opportunities you're going to give us today, this week, to let your love and your light and your grace flow through us to impact the people around us. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.